What goes on inside the mind of the Singapore consumer? The Kiasunomics podcast series unravels the way Singaporeans behave across different domains like spending, transport, environment, superstition, schooling, and housing markets. Backed by multiple research studies, NUS Business School professors examine the quirks, psychology, and mechanics behind the daily economic decisions of Singaporeans. So in this episode of the Kiasunomics podcast, we'll talk about the gig economy and the rise of the gig economy in Singapore. Let me try to be more clear what I'm thinking. We want to analyze the pros and cons of the gig economy and whether this movement is sustainable. What does gig economy mean? So gig is a slant for a job for a specific period of time. Like, I'm going to do delivery service for the next one hour. So I'm taking on a gig to deliver the food for the next one hour. So in that sense, by definition itself, you think about it, this is kind of a temporary job. It's not a permanent thing as we think about laborers who work at a university or who work at DBS or who work for Singapore Airlines. They are permanent employees. They are employees of the company. The company decides what they work on, how much they work, where do they work from. But a gig worker kind of turns this notion on its head and says, I am going to decide how much I'm going to work, when I'm going to work, what I'm going to work on. And obviously that means that I'm going to decide how much I'm going to get paid for this labor supply. So you can think about the trade-off that all of us face as laborers in our life is this labor leisure. How much labor do I give? And as a result, how much leisure time I'm left with? Now, a typical employee says, I'm going to give my 10 months of a year to an employer The employer in return says, okay, you will have one month vacation time and one month could be some other time that could be, you know, if you fall sick or other reasons, we'll give you another 15 days or so off. So I can then do a labor leisure trade-off that that's the month I'm going to decide to take all my vacation or attend to other personal needs that I have. But a gig worker says, I can decide the labor-leisure trade-off on a daily basis. I'm going to give four hours to the employer now, but then I'm going to take the other four hours to take care of my children or to take care of my parents or take care, do other you know, personal jobs that I have. Now, that sounds very good because you're, you're saying there is huge flexibility but nothing comes for free. The flexibility means that you don't have a reliable job. You don't have a place to go work the next day. You are relying on gigs to show up at your doorstep where you realize, okay, this is the new gig. If it doesn't show up, which means you are not really earning money at that time. So if your needs are there, your financial needs are there, You can't completely just say, I'm going to rely on gigs. And if they don't show up, 
you may not have money to put food on the table. So clearly you can see that there are pros and cons of a gig economy and whether is this model sustainable. Typically we think of gig economy workers as younger kids who are in their teens or early 20s who may have a support system of their parents so they are not the primary breadwinners in the family and also they are just experimenting with different kinds of jobs and they are learning what suits them for the long run or they are still waiting to go to get education and they are just earning pocket money but as we have seen during the pandemic lots and lots of people started joining the gig economy i mean the movement was already there before the pandemic we saw lots of technology companies hiring people as gig workers i mean we saw with grab we saw with food panda there are lots of other delivery companies that were hiring workers on a gig basis the pandemic just accelerated that that outcome in some sense or pushed it further along and more workers realized that oh i can actually make a living doing gig jobs uh, i don't need a permanent job and part of that could also be people got unemployed or laid off and they said let me try my hands on to this new form of employment uh it's been very well, good because in the last 18 months when things have been kind of slow in the labor market gig economy workers have really flourished uh delivery jobs have been big demand and gig workers have also had the flexibility especially during pandemic when the children may not be going to school or there is not other help for them they can do a gig quickly come back and take care of the of the children so let's try to parse this out i mean what are the pros and cons the pros clearly i've just outlined you have huge flexibility you decide the amount of hours you work in you decide the kind of job you want to do you decide who your boss will be if you don't like the boss you can just switch the cons are also there and they are quite important to think about or consider i mean if you're looking for reliability or predictability of earnings that's just not there with a gig job you are struggling every day to generate gig jobs for yourself and as the gig jobs will become more and more popular the competition for those jobs will also increase and so today you might be having many jobs and you may be even rejecting some jobs because you have ample choices tomorrow they may become less and less forthcoming there will be more competition for those jobs and so you may not be able to get the job you want or at the time you want or the money that you want from that job as a result you might start thinking oh is this the right kind of model i had in mind of providing labor i mean it was good but as competition increases now i'm not so happy or excited about it the other aspect is traditional jobs provide you not only job security but also retirement security they help you contribute towards your cpf retirement account and so when you do retire you realize 
from retirement till the time you will die, you will have actually a safety net. You will have a source of income that is coming in and that will help you. Companies also provide health benefits. That's also a big advantage when you work for a regular company. Companies want to make sure their employees are healthy so they can be productive. That's why they provide huge amounts of health benefits to their employees. But a gig worker neither gets retirement benefits or health benefits because you're essentially self-employed. You have to look out for your own health and also you have to make sure you're saving enough for your retirement. Now, you might say, oh, that's okay. I'm going to be in this for a long time or I'll do it till I die. So I don't need to worry about retirement and I'm very healthy actually working as a gig worker riding a bike. I'm very healthy. I keep myself fit. Uh, so why am I worried about health or why am I worried about retirement? We never know. I mean, negative shocks can hit us at different levels at different times. So those kind of benefits are really important. We can think about governments helping out in, the, in these two spheres or the private sector itself realizing that in order to keep our gig employees with us for a longer time, we do need to provide to them some kind of retirement security and some kind of health security. Because otherwise the gig employees, as I said earlier, I mean, they are free to choose. They may choose a gig from employer A today, but from employer B tomorrow because they realize employer B pays them higher wages for that gig. But then employer A might say, oh, I just lost a good gig worker who was reliable. So how do I make sure that they come back? Oh, I could easily provide them some retirement or health benefits that gives them incentives to always choose my gig over employer B's gig uh, anytime I ask them to do it. So that could be how the market may decide that in equilibrium that employers and employees will still be able to flourish in the gig economy, but also have some kind of safety nets. It's also difficult for employers to always look for employees. I mean, there are many aspects. The matching process is not very simple between an employer and employee. The employer might be looking for reliability. The employer might look, be looking for specific skill sets. And if they have a setting where the employee is easily leaving them, especially for small amounts of money differences between what the employer is willing to pay and the employee wants, that puts the employer in a very difficult position. So the employer might actually even be paying higher wages or might be even helping the employee to reskill themselves as the employer's needs change in this gig framework. So, I mean, I think all these things are important. The one other aspect I think about the gig workers is the gig employees actually not only have the freedom but may also have the ability to choose jobs employers may not be able to provide to them. I mean, I could think about many employees who may be shy to work in a traditional setting, but if they are given an opportunity to just deliver something or provide a service online or go to somebody's house to provide a service, they might be willing to do that because 
one-on-one, they're better off dealing with a customer than in a setting where there are multiple people around. So the gig employment setting helps a lot of different kind of employees to come in and join the labor force. I could imagine this to be true for certain aspects, either they could be minorities, uh, some people are very introverted, and this setting is ideal for them. The other ways I could think about is people may have some disabilities, speech disability, other disabilities that makes them not desirable for traditional employers to hire them. But they may do very well in a gig economy because all these disabilities are not important in a gig economy. They, they don't care or they're overlooked or they, they are unimportant. So the gig economy is not only providing the flexibility, but also in some sense expanding the pie for the employees who would have traditionally not been able to find employment, but this setting allows them to get a job and make a living and flourish. So having said that, the question now is, how are the gig economy workers doing in this labor market? Now, I've been looking into this aspect quite a lot recently, looking at especially taxi drivers or food delivery outlets. How do the workers determine labor supply? What hours they are giving in? How are they choosing? Which locations they are choosing to deliver? This is is very interesting because we can learn as policymakers, is this a long-term viable outcome? If we see huge selection on the timing uh, gig employees are willing to provide labor, that may not be desirable because we want them to be supplying labor when labor is needed, not just when they think the highest return for their labor is. Because at other times, if they're not supplying labor, that will create problems in distribution networks and also looking after the demands of the consumers. So I think that's one aspect in understanding that. So I'm looking at data from food delivery and realizing how much food delivery is also happening in non-peak hours. And is it satisfying the demand of the consumers? Uh, That will allow employers to determine what quality of employees they are hiring or what is the receptiveness or responsiveness of the employees to the marketplace. The second issue is in terms of the employers. The policymakers also need to figure out, are the employers looking at this variation in the supply of labor, are they also changing the pool of gig employees they they have on their roster. I mean, they may be very lean and thin on just hiring enough to make sure there's enough employees to take care of the demand, but or or do they keep a huge buffer to uh, take care of the lack of supply of labor at times where they can find additional uh, employees? Now, these are harder questions to answer. Uh, which means can the employers pick up the slack when things are tight in the labor market? 
because this again has implications for policymakers to decide if they need to intervene in this market or just let market forces decide uh, how this will evolve over the next few years. The other bigger question that I'm interested in or I'm looking at is, are these employees thinking of these jobs as temporary and will they go back to permanent jobs and as a result, there will be a lot of churn in this market. If there's a lot of churn in the market, that is not good for the employers and for the customers because the new employee has to learn a lot of new things to the job to do the job effectively. So this is important from all aspects, the employers, the employees, the policymakers, the consumers. And right now, my sense is that this market is still fluid. There is no equilibrium where we realize that the employees are doing the gig job for a long term or they think of this as a profession. Uh, they are just saying, let me just try to make as much money on this uh, gig platform as I can for now. Then I will try to reskill myself or upskill myself and look for a permanent job. I think there will be a significant amount of employees who will be permanently gig workers going forward, not just because they want to be, also because the nature of our companies will be changing over time. There'll be lots of companies that are purely doing business online. And these companies will traditionally just want gig workers to help them either provide the services or goods to the consumers that they need. And as a result, marketplace for gig workers is bound to grow over the next 10 to 20 years. It's not a constant pie right now or a shrinking pie. I think it's a growing pie for this space. Finally, let me think about how to think about the gig economy workers and their ability or need to think of retirement and or to think about switching jobs. I think they will have to be constantly upgrading if they want to be switching jobs or moving into the traditional job market. Because the traditional job market space is also changing. It's becoming much more based on technology. So technology will become a very important aspect of the future jobs. So if the gig economy worker is not upgrading, that prohibits or inhibits their ability to transform to the jobs of the future. And if they are stuck in the gig job they are doing, a newer kid on the block will also take away their job. So all these aspects of the gig worker has huge implications on how do they think of being in this labor market, this temporary labor market, and how do they think of them surviving in this labor market? Because from a policy point of view, we don't want them to do it for three, four years and then come back and say, oh, I am unemployed and please help me take care of me, and they don't have a future plan or a future direction for their viability in the economy. So I think there are lots and lots of still open questions in this field. 
mainly because this is rapidly growing and rapidly evolving. We in the business school are doing a lot of work in this direction. We are looking at various aspects of uh, gig workers, how this is affecting different kinds of workers, their wages, their mobility. We will be discussing these in the next episodes as the as the podcast moves along, but also looking at this from a serious policy implication point of view. So stay tuned for some of the future work we do on this topic. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you more interesting research-based insights on a wide range of topics in business and economics. Subscribe to our channel now.